Fantasy trade deadline coming up, and I've developed a method that is guaranteed to give you great results. Introducing the deal system. Let me walk you through it. Step one, deploy the bait. This is the early legwork where you casually drop lots of propaganda into the group chat about the players that you might be targeting, some bad highlights, some stats that are trash, maybe even some fake tweets about how they might get benched. That brings us to step two, enter negotiations. Start with something super insulting. You want them to be absolutely disgusted by the offer. That gets them into the emotional state where they're prone to make a rookie mistake. And that brings us to step three, ask for more. Once you've ironed out a good framework for a realistic trade, go ahead and just blow that thing up by insisting they also send you their best player. Do it like you're asking for fries with your burger at the drive-thru, like it's no big deal. This is gonna get them really heated. And that brings us to the final step. Lay on the sweeteners. Give them your kicker, your QB2. That rookie who's never gonna pan out. I mean, shoot, throw in the guy on IR. <laughs> I mean, you know he's never coming back. At that point, they've expended so much energy and time, they're gonna accept anything. Right on cue. Declined? That's impossible, I followed all the steps. Offered the guy like five tight Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. With me today is our executive editor, currently second place in the standings, third time returner to the pod this year, Zach Robbins, as well as our trusty tri host and unpaid intern, the Rev Seth Whispleway. Boys, welcome back to the pod. Always a pleasure. Great to be here. I think That's I just I just realized as you referenced second place. This is the one two three. This is the one two three. The Ooh. the triumvirate, the three amigos. That's right. The the most willing to participate given <laughs> said one two three standings. Ones who are feeling the best at this point in the season. Yes. Um, well, I'm especially grateful this week for the Thanksgiving special to be with you all. This is our Thanksgiving special, which traditionally runs somewhere between two and three hours. Zach, how are you feeling about that this this week? As long as long as we need Jamie, that's how I feel. I will I will edit to <clears throat> to the end and back for you. We love to hear it. We'll we'll see how long it goes. I'm I'm excited to see how long Seth rambles. Uh, we do, we do have some fun things in store in, in a year of new things. We've had two new members on the pod this year. We've had two nameless wives, balloons, two nameless wives. Oh, well, you know, we, we try things and sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. If you know, We're, we're trying something and we threw three questions out to the league we asked them, what are they most thankful for this year? How are you feeling about your team and rest of season outlook? And what is a message you have for your nemesis during this holiday season? 
and most of the league responded. We had more than a majority. We did have a few stragglers, uh, a few people that declined to take the opportunity. But, you know, we, we opened the door for everyone to get their pod participation in this year, try to set the bar as low as possible. I will brainstorm. We'll get our intern to brainstorm some ways to possibly lower the bar. But we just provide the opportunity, and whoever wants to participate, the door is always open. So um, that is that is the conceit of this episode, and we'll we'll see how it goes. If people like this uh, mass appeal style and format, we'll see what our executive editor has to say about cobbling everything together in the background, and yeah, we'll we'll see what the intern has to say about that. But any any other ways you guys want to tee up this episode? Um, I have the NBA in-season tournament on and mute in the background. And guys, it's really hard to look at these courts. <laughs> There's a lot going on with those. It's like headache-inducing. How bright it is. That's how I'd like to tee up this episode. That's a great tee up for this yeah. Thanksgiving You're episode. You're welcome. <laughs> And as a segue, though, to this, I think it's a wonderful conceit. I'm excited to get into it. I think we're going to start with, and I think also none of us, I haven't heard any of these clips except for the one I submitted myself. So we're listening yeah. to these cold, fast reactions. And Jamie, I have to say, before we even listen to your caterwauling about losing Mark Andrews, I resent the fact that your tight end spot is empty right now, and you're still projected to have more points than me this week. So before we get into how you feel about your team, I'm just calling BS. <laughs> BS on who? Jamie on whatever or... complaining he's going to do about his team. Oh, I see. He's, he's, he's projected to score 103, and he doesn't have anyone in the tight end spot. Who are you going to pick up real quick on the waiver? There, there's some options out there, so I, I'm not going to reveal my hand, but I've got plans. I've got backup plans, and as always, hoping Darren Waller's hammies heal up in time for the playoffs. It's a tight end wasteland. <laughs> Did you write that? <laughs> Just now. Incredible. Song. We've we've got original songs that we're we're hitting for you guys. All right. So um already past our, our intro mark, so I'm gonna give us uh one minute to talk trade deadline. We we did just have the trade deadline this past week. Anything you guys want to mention about that? I did trade Gus the Bus and Jalen Warren, who might have immediately become RB1 in Pittsburgh this past week. And they fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. So could be regretting that. But I got Kieran Williams from John. Anything else you guys want to mention about the trade deadline? Karen Williams? I'm, I'm unaware of who Karen, Karen Williams yeah. is. Kyron, Kieran, Karen, same same guy. I see where that went. Is that like a it. pile of rocks in Scotland? Karen? <clears throat> Um, where did we end up on number of trades in the whole season? Cause I think there was just one in that last week. 
Yeah, on the on the whole season. I executed three, which is two more than I think I've completed in other seasons. John says he completed like five, and Matt claims... He got ten. Ten trades, which is interesting because at the beginning of the season, we had a, a slew of them, and we were convinced that we would have the highest trade volume hmm. season ever. But I think there was that one season that we had 21 trades. Mm-hmm. So didn't even didn't even eclipse the fifty percent mark. It's wild. Yeah, Def- yeah. So there was definitely a slowdown. I think that uh, at least what I sensed. I mean, I completed zero trades. Interesting. Um, was that as 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 there started to be a separation between the top and the bottom, then those at the top felt more uh, okay with their team and needed. Yeah. And needed to feel like they were really making an improvement to make a trade. And those at the bottom felt like they needed to make a big jump and also were protective of the few good players that they did have. I such think that there were very few trades that could be pushed through. I think both of those things are really true as as Matt climbed in the standings, which is a good bellwether for trade energy. <laughs> when I stopped receiving offers from him, this is like three weeks ago, I knew something had shifted. Uh, he's, he was kind of half-heartedly still trying to get Ayuk, and I think same thing at the bottom while everyone still had a playoff shot. It's a bummer that, well, it's they have a trade deadline for a reason because now that a couple guys are eliminated, you know, we'd probably be scraping them for parts. And um, I don't know. No one got any of my QB1s. And I, I did throw... Give me a gun lord, an offer at the deadline. He had Bijan on by last week, needed to win to stay in the playoff hunt. I offered Pacheco, Fields, and something else as well uh, to see if see if he'd bite on Bijan while he was still competitive. But uh, alas, no take no takers there. But did make the the move for Williams. Also got Godwin as a, a piece of that. So we'll see if either of those guys crack the starting lineup. But agree with. With the two of you, was feeling pretty good about the starting lineup, uh, aside from tight end, which I now have to figure out. But we'll we'll see how the the last few weeks shake out here. Yeah, so I, I want to know how many how many trade offers you sent me for Hollywood Brown. Uh, <laughs> got up you there. Know, that's funny. I uh, yeah, he just I don't know if it's the Arizona thing, but or that I was sitting on Kyler and looking for like a basic stack, but I. Definitely sent you one or two a week for about three weeks straight, including the week we were playing each other. I don't regret it. I also sent Sean an offer. I think I was trying to get Swift off him with the same reasoning you had, Jamie. I I offered Saquon and some other running backs, and he rejected it within like five minutes. You offered Saquon and other running backs for DeAndre Swift? And Garrett Wilson, I think I was trying to get to. Wow. Okay. All right. So you were trying to get like his two best players. <laughs> Just to help him through the bye week with Bijan. I mean, Garrett Wilson, I'll give it to you talent wise, is one of his two best players. But up until this point in the season, has had Zach Wilson thrown in the ball, and that has not yeah. gone well. And now he's got something called Boyle throwing him the ball. And yeah. interested something to see how that goes. Something yeah, would have helped him. I Saquon scored like thirty points, and uh, Swift did all right. But he was he was he was within shooting distance to win. 
I think I saw some stat about Boyle that his uh, touchdown to interception ratio in his last year of college was like one to 13. How did he get into the NFL? That's a great question. Because <laughs> didn't he, he played behind Aaron Rodgers for a little bit, didn't he? Yes. Jeez. Oh, man. Amazing. I did see T. DeVito got his first win. That's right. It's the living with, with his mom. That's the key to success. That's right. Doesn't even make his own bed. Um, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how much the Jets will still be in the hunt after they play the Dolphins and the AFC is tough, but the latest now is he's changes to, and he says he's well ahead of schedule and might come back early December. This is from yesterday, which would just be wild. That's a, that, I believe that's a fortnight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're down to one fortnight. Well, wishing him the best of luck and a speedy recovery from that gnarly injury. And if he can come back in a week or two, I have Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields on bye on the same week. So mm. I'm, I'm not above starting him in a desperation situation. Speaking of, how many Achilles injuries have we had this year? It feels like a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers. And Cam Akers again. Cam Akers again. A lot of ACLs, which is this the turf? Like, because growing up, I know people got hurt, but knees get blown out non-contact like all the time or we're like, folks just playing on him like Mickey Mantle. I was before the Monday night game and I was just finishing up some work last night and the NFL network had was replaying like kind of a speeded up version of last year's Super Bowl, which I had totally forgotten the details of. I had forgotten that the Eagles are winning most of it and all that. It was very exciting, but I had totally forgotten about all the controversy and how much guys were slipping all over that field around the turf. And I know a lot of players are like, can we please go back to grass? Because they seem to blame the fields for all these Achilles and ACLs. And anyway, I don't know. We're not going to solve it tonight, but I, I still can't, I still can't get over it. All the time yeah. in the world, right? The night here. is young, Seth. The <laughs> night is young. Um, yeah, I remember, didn't they? Like, they had that special sod that they rolled out, and it was just the worst field. And uh, re-watching the game, like, huge plays that could have happened. Kelsey slipping, A.J. Brown slipping, and that it, it just, yeah, ruined the flow. It's amazing it was as high scoring as it was. Indeed. You know we've reached the climax of the episode when we're talking about the, the sod on the field, so... <laughs> We are going to go to the mailbag with our first submission. We're starting at the top. This one's from Criminal Negligence. Roll the clip. There's a lot to be thankful for about the league this year. A couple of highlights, I would say, is the in-person gatherings I've gotten to be a part of, both draft night and seeing the Cowboys and the Cardinals in Arizona with Seth Incredible host. I would say the second thing I'm most thankful for is pod participation has been robust this year. We've even had two nameless wives, balloons. That's been been a lot of fun getting to cut it up with everybody on the pod this year. And then the third thing I would say is that I am thankful that Lady Luck has graced me this year. And Michael 
Uh, our weekend data guy was able to walk me through just how lucky my team has been. But uh, appreciate everybody just agreeing to score fewer than 100 points against me. That's been that's been a huge blessing this year. As far as how I feel about my team, we are in first place right now, so can't complain too much. But I do feel like not everybody has hit on full cylinders during the same week. So I, I think there's room for us to improve, especially down the stretch here. I would also say that I have too many injured tight ends on my team, so not feeling great about that. But, um, yeah, just just excited with where we're at in the standings this year and think this team has a chance to do something special. So just got to play it out every week and hope variance continues falling on my side. Finally, to my nemesis, I hope you have a great holiday with the fam. I hope you uh, continue to accumulate more giants on your team, and that comes back to haunt you in the playoffs. And I do want to give you a sincere thank you for beating Zach last week, but I, I hope you lose out and have a dismal end in the playoffs. Well, same to you. Um, no one made you pick up that second injured tight end that I dropped from our trade. Real quick before I forget, initial thoughts actually on your gratitudes. I don't know if you remember, Jamie, but when we were, you were pretty dejected after the Cowboys lost. And I was rooting him for him because I wanted those Tony Pollard points. But I don't know if you remember me saying like, hey, like, total Pollyanna, like they'll turn it around and then you'll be able to say you saw them in their Super Bowl winning season. And obviously it took a few more weeks after that because I think they got crushed by the 49ers and so on. But now they're firing on all cylinders, even without Diggs and Van Der Esch. And um, on top of that, I wonder, I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass and there's a lot of season left, but you also got to see Josh Dobbs win and what has become this like kind of really feel good Cinderella story. Um, I feel that way. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I saw Josh Dobbs play at first. We we're like, mm, we missed Kyler. And now it's like the coolest story in the NFL at the moment. So um, yeah, your team is not firing on all cylinders and the points show it. I'd, I'd be a little more nervous if I was you, but then again, the Eagles a lot of players are saying the same thing that uh, they haven't put their best game together yet. They're still figuring things out with their new OC and they're the best team in the league. So I can't really jump on you for that. They could probably just tush push the whole game and be just fine. Just get three and a half yards. Quick question. How come more teams don't like it's, it's like an unbeatable play. Is it like, are they doing something special that only they know or Jalen Hurts is uniquely positioned? How come other teams aren't doing this? Other teams have tried. Didn't the Giants try it and fail? Oh, yeah. Uh, You're right. I, yeah, I think, I, think it has, I think it has to do with both quarterback play and just like they've got it down to a machine. They've got the right players to run it. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, I guess, is probably yeah. like just a torpedo. And, and I've heard Jason try and do it, and then they just it's just it 
like they, it's a penalty or they fail or whatever, or that's they fumble wild. it on the snap. Like that's wild. Cause it just seems like a rugby scrum yeah. and it's like, couldn't another team figure out how to basically convert every fourth down this way. And no one does. And people like hate them for it anyway, not to throw us off already, but yeah, those are some of my thoughts to your lovely reflections. Yeah. And, and not to spoil the uh, seemingly based on our order of, um, operations, the next, um, gratefulness. I feel like you, Jamie, you and I are both in very similar spots this year, you know, coming from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, mm-hmm. so just like that contrast, I understand and appreciate. There's a lot to be thankful for coming from last year. Cause we're, what was your, what was your record last year? Do you remember? I think I was middle of the table last year. Okay. Uh, I, I think Maybe I'm like, remembering two seasons ago. Yeah. Two seasons ago was abysmal. It was, yeah. it was really bad. Yeah. Uh, last season, I, I think I was like the sixth seed in the playoffs or, or somewhere there, like snuck in into the playoffs and exited in the first round. So it's been a gradual, gradual process to this point. And, you know, just, just enjoying the ride while I'm on it and we'll, yeah. we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I forget that. Yeah, so we're in like year nine of the league, and I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think I've only missed the playoffs, like top six once, and I finished 12th. I think it was the year Matt won it all, which is partly why I never remember that he won. But (laughs) um, yeah, finishing below stings. You definitely appreciate <clears throat> making it. I don't think though, I looked back at some of my stuff though. I haven't, I haven't gotten a trophy in a few years, even a third place trophy. Well, I've, I've never gotten a trophy ever. I, I think I did get a second place or a third place trophy at one point in the league, but I threw it out because I don't keep those. <laughs> Zach, have you ever won? Uh, in, in this league? Yeah. <clears throat> no. I've never won. I did. I believe I got second one year against Caleb. Did Caleb win one year? Yeah, Caleb won. Yeah, I think uh, he had Stefan Diggs that year and just digs all over me. That sounds, yeah, familiar. Let's let's run that back this year. All right. (laughs) Well, speaking of Zach and winning, got the second clip queued up here. And let's roll it from Give Him Hill. I am most thankful for, this is Zach, by the way, executive editor, Zach. I am most thankful for uh, league culture, camaraderie, participation, uh, especially uh, participation of newcomers, uh, John and Jesse. I think they've been great additions. Got off to a, a, a little bit of a slow start, um, but, uh, but have really come into their own, which I'm thankful for. Uh, my thoughts on my team this season and how I'll finish. Um, I was going to put this as what I'm most thankful for, which is that my team doesn't suck. Um, I'm thankful for Tyreek um, and the Dolphins in general. Um, how I'll finish. It's interesting because um, I tried everything and anything to trade Raheem Mostert and other pieces for Devon A-Chain uh, with Eric under the hope and understanding that A-Chain might eventually take over the backfield, but Mostert might be a better short-term option for Eric since he was trying to shore up wins. 
Thankfully, he did not accept any of those trades. Um, so um, Mostert retains some value for me, and I think gives me a little bit of hope going into the end of the season that I'll finish strong and uh, and be positioned for the playoffs. But TBD, any given playoff game is a toss-up. Uh, what message do I have for my nemesis? Um, well, apparently my nemesis is John, um, as, as are many other people. Um, and it's that I hope you enjoy the view from the bottom. That is all. That's a good segue to my little clip. Um, we had similar sentiments. Uh, since I'm, you know, on the HBO payroll now, and you mentioned your love of riding the Dolphins, I was tonight years old when I found out that Hard Knocks in season features the Miami Dolphins, uh, which from all the little funny clips I've seen of their funny little coach, I'm really excited to watch. So that's some free promo for my uh, sugar daddies at HBO. (laughs) (laughs) I I do feel like my team is pretty uh, connected to and tied to the success and failures of the Dolphins. I think it was, it was the week that they played the Broncos. No, it was the week after they played the Broncos when they trounced the Broncos 70 to zero or whatever um, that they, I forget who they played, but they did terrible. Um, and that's when I scored, I think 60 points or 70 points in a week and was by far my worst week. So um, yeah, when the Dolphins don't do well, I, I don't do well. Yeah. As an aside, the little bit of chatter I've seen like in the real world about football, there's questions out there around like, like people seem to think Tua might be the weak link or something that he doesn't have it. I, I don't, I haven't read into why that is, but mm. certainly Jalen Waddle hasn't received as much love as Tyreek and that's benefited you. It's been much more one instead of one, a one B. And so, and then they're, they're, just, they're just a team that is all about speed. Yeah, and that's, that's exciting cool. to watch. Yeah, they, it's it's really fun to watch. Um, yeah, good for you not getting a chain. It's it's a bummer that I think even that week they blew up with seventy points. I think he was on Eric's bench, and Eric has a chunk of points, but that could have been a victory. Not that anyone saw that insanity coming, but Lynn sanity. <laughs> wow, what a time to be alive. One night at the garden. Um Jamie, what are your thoughts on uh Zach's you you threw some slander in your reflection that you're glad I gave him hell. Um this past week are you uh are you worried about your standing vis-a-vis the executive editor? I I am. I wouldn't say terrified, but Zach has put up a lot of points. So if we were to finish with the same record, he's got that tiebreaker on me. You know, hopefully I can stay a a game or two ahead. I believe top two seeds finish with with that coveted first round bye in the playoffs. And that's that's mostly what I'm concerned about. So it's it's mostly you know, hoping I can hold on to one of those top two spots. If Zach joins me at the top, great. We're on opposite sides of the bracket. Wouldn't have to see him in the final. And if we did both make the final, think 
think we would give the the league a good show. So, you know, and any any given week, anything can happen. It's a coin toss at that point. But he's got Tyreek Hill, who can go off absolutely any week. He's got Raheem Mostert, Austin Eckler. You know, both of these guys have hit the stratosphere at different points. And then with Andrews getting injured, feel like he has the advantage at tight end as well. But Zach did get a little bit of that injury bug with Kirk. So I feel like I have the advantage at the quarterback spot if Lamar remembers how to score touchdowns. And who would have thought at the beginning of the season we'd even be comparing Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson? And Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, when when Lamar remembers how to score touchdowns, he's awesome. And consistently ranked each week going into the week in the top top three, top four. So he's he's still a viable threat. Uh, but Gus Gus the bus has just been scoring all the tutties, and that too bad you me. traded him away. Worries me a little bit, but I did trade him for a guy who scores tutties and catches passes. So that's that that's the scary part about Gus is like. He's got like 400 yards, but 12 touchdowns and he doesn't catch passes. So it's it's great because he, he's rolling in the touchdowns and hope this is a mutually beneficial trade that Gus continues to score those TDs for John. I was just terrified to put that in my starting lineup most weeks unless I had to because he's very limited in the way he scores points, which is touchdowns, which is a crap ton of points. But yes, I, I fear Zach, both both in the standings and head-to-head. Yeah, Zach's uh, and, and Brian, I think you, you make a good point about wanting that first-round buy because the points Brian's putting up, but like statistically, he's probably not going to be a top-two seed. Though, you know, anything could happen if he finishes 9-5, and five, but like I do not want to meet Brian in the first round of the playoffs. Which brings up a second point related to like real-world football and fantasy is I'm looking at your lineup, Zach, like you're weak at quarterback and Jamie's weak at tight end. But otherwise, like all these players are in teams that are going to definitely be playing for something, like in terms of playoff standing. Like it's not like you have Eagles where they might rest their alphas during championship week or are totally out of contention, as I'm worrying about where the Giants are like, all right, Saquon, let's give that ankle a rest. Like, your guys are going to be scrapping. I think same with you, Jamie. Like Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, like no one's guaranteed a playoff spot. Like they're going to be fighting hard every week to score, which bodes well for fantasy is my point. Um, yeah, it does. With the great. NFL dropping down to that one playoff by, there's yeah. more incentive to continue playing and trying to win Right into these last few weeks, which brings us to our high point score last week, Crucifictorious. Take her down of Give Him Hill. Let's hear what you had to say. Let's see. Dad Bods 2023. I am most grateful. Hard to pick, but really grateful for the energy and spirit of our two new guys, John and Jesse, getting us up to 12. A little bit more parody. Different energies from both, but a lot of good humor and the ongoing league-wide camaraderie and engagement, the robust pod, and the special opportunity to go to my second-ever NFL football game with my nemesis, Jamie Schleicher. 
Thoughts on my team. Um, I'm coming off another really strong show-in over number two, Zach. But I think I have some of the same feelings. It's it's hard to pin down my team, maybe because I've executed more trades than ever. I think I have three strong games where I really exceed expectations for every one like total dud. And I think my record reflects that. Um, maybe it's more like two strong games for every dud, but I think some guys are peaking at the right time. My bench isn't as deep as I'd like it to be, I think because of those trades, but if my alphas go off, great. Um, yeah, and I know you can't really trust anything, so I feel pretty confident about making the playoffs. I'm just worried I'm going to have like one bad dud game in the first round or something. Um, but they're good guys. They're good guys. And last, a message to my nemesis. I'll see you in the playoffs for our rematch. And I look forward to beating you, of course, with the sweet poetic justice of JSN having a massive breakout game and DJ Moore falling on his face. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. And, and to be clear, so JSN was on Jamie's team. Mm-hmm. He yeah, was part yeah, of the, the first Darren Waller trade. Okay. Yeah, I traded Justin Fields, who was hurt, DJ Moore, who did not have Justin Fields throwing to him, and Elijah Mitchell, who is now back on my team, for... JSN and Darren Waller, who is now back on Jamie's team, not because of a loner, but because we we happen to drop him, and I don't know. Um, yeah, JSN. it would be poetic justice then. Yeah, the first two things that come to mind there is one: I feel like I have traded several potential league winners. Rashad White currently on Jesse's team. Jordan Addison, also on Jesse's team, JSN, Jalen Warren. Um, you know, there's there's a number of guys out there on teams that aren't mine that could come back and haunt me in the playoffs, and a little nervous about that. The second thing about that clip was the part where Seth is like, they're good guys, they're good guys, which just reminds me of last week's episode when – Jesse was like, yeah, this, this isn't, uh, this isn't good for me in the way that I've, I'm looking at people now, like <laughs> just football, as numbers. As yeah. Football players money. are just numbers. My coworkers, I'm looking at you as how many Excel spreadsheets did you produce this week? <laughs> um, so it was, it was a funny contrast to that. Zach, any thoughts? Um, I mean, my thought about your team as I pull up your roster and look through, Clearly, you had three quarterbacks through the process of acquisition and and those that were firing and trying to find the right one. But now, post-trade deadline, you have three quarterbacks. And what are you going to do with them? Ooh, this is a good question because I was just thinking about this today. I never really like thought this way until I think Matt brought it up on a podcast, but... I want to see how the next week shakes out because that is taking up a chunk of bench space. 
And I mentioned feeling like I, I think early in the season, I was like, I've got a deep bench. And, uh, you know, because I had IU, DJ Moore, I traded for AJ Brown, but I had Amon Ra and um, I had Michael Thomas. So, and then running backs, I had Damian Pierce, but I mean, some of these guys have fallen on the face. Aaron Jones is hurt. So maybe I'm not as bad off in trades as I thought. But to your point, like related to that, a lot of guys scooped guys on the wire that I was like, oh, if I had the space, I should probably pick up OBJ or I should probably pick up so-and-so, but not too much. And I would have if I hadn't been sitting on quarterbacks. two extra quarterbacks. And now coming back to what I said about Matt, I'm like, is this a good defense? Like, I don't want to give Brock Purdy or Kyler Murray or CJ Stroud. And I don't know. I think all of them are guaranteed to score at least 20 points a game, but it, that also makes it kind of ridiculous to hold on to all of them because I'm just trying to hit. Um, well, and, and you're, and you're playing the game of roulette deciding which of those three. Yeah. And I hate that about fantasy because then you just start. And, and then it just, things. it's just maddening because if one yeah. of them blows up on your bench, you're like, ah, I started the wrong one. Especially in the playoffs. Like I don't even want to have that second guessing. So yeah, I guess we'll see what I do in the next couple of weeks. But right now it feels like, it feels a little bit like defense. You mentioned, oh, just real quick, maybe we can come back to this when we get to his thankfulness clip. But Jesse also mentioned that he doesn't watch football. He doesn't watch the games. And I'm wondering if he'll feel get a little bit more of that personal connection back if he gets into like hard knocks or just has games on and like, oh, look at these guys, these good guys. Um because, yeah, early on when I first started, I hadn't watched football. I didn't watch football. I understood what it meant, and then I'd put on any game. So, yeah, if he, he just sees them as, like, little targets. Uh, good question. No, but back to your question, Zach. I also am, like, the waiver wire is thin now, and I don't know. It, I do understand that every fantasy professional says stop sit don't don't use your bench on quarterbacks <laughs> and yet here you are and here I am the reason it I don't know how it came to this I stashed Kyler on IR I traded Justin Fields and then Brock Purdy had a buy and I was able to scoop up CJ Stroud, that's how it happened. And then CJ Stroud had a 50 point game. And I'm like, I'm not dropping CJ Stroud. And then Kyler came off IR. That's so it happened kind of sequentially. I put 25 bucks on Brock Purdy, and I'm really happy with that. That feels like my QB. I'm not trying to give you a hint of who I would drop, but like Purdy might be my ride or die. Even though you started Stroud over him. Well, and that's because the fantasy pros keep telling me to. It's, this is, I guess it's trust the pros. I can't do this through the playoffs, like because I have this feeling about Brock Purdy, and I didn't start him this week, and he scored like fourteen more points. Um, yeah. I can't have that hanging over me with the quarterback position. Just drop someone before Lamar and Justin Fields go on by. <laughs> That's exactly why I have three. So this has been fun to start off this podcast with the three of us talking about ourselves and commenting on ourselves, finally getting to a clip from someone that's not us. Our fourth place 
in the standings. Jesse McNichol, not to be confused with Jesse McNichol. We're, of course, talking about Matt McNichol. If you're confused, you should turn into Collusion, a podcast brought to you by the creators of the Dadbot Pod. All right, we've got three separate clips, so I'll, I'll start with Yeah, Matty Ice struggles with technology. I had to clarify in the group me, just just hit record and answer all three questions. You don't have to keep hitting stop and record again. He sent me five, five files, and I'm like, what is this? And then they all disappeared, and then I guess he sent three separate ones directly to Zach. So, Good. you know, have to have to lightly roast the often absent co-host. It's like Bo Burnham FaceTime with my mom. Zach, if you want to, if you want to throw in some FaceTime with my mom, that's a great song. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here's Matt. Jamie, you can probably guess this, but I would say that the thing I'm most thankful for about fantasy football is the playful, ridiculous distraction that it is. It's been a big gift to just you know, have something so absurd as fantasy football to play and chat about with everybody and get to catch up during the week with my little brother to talk about it. And so the the fun of it has just been a particularly big gift this oh, year. Oh, I thought he started getting choked up there or um, something. Yeah, there's just 10 seconds of crying here. Of <laughs> So hopefully I haven't distracted myself too much and sent too many trade offers and driven too many people crazy, but um, it's definitely been a gift to me still. Um, And sometimes it's crazy to me that it continues to be such a fun thing, Um, but this year I needed it. I think that I like to think hope springs eternal in fantasy football. You just really never know what's going to happen. So I'm a little bit optimistic about my team and how they'll finish, how we will finish through the end of the year. Aaron Jones tweaking whatever he tweaked doesn't help my chances. I really wish I had Kyron Williams back. You know, I probably wish I had a couple of different trades back, particularly Jamar Chase. Big yikes. Um, So I don't expect to win but I do feel hopeful to still make the playoffs. You know, I feel like I've got three, you know, kind of low-end wide receiver one type guys. You know, I, I still feel okay about Jamar Chase, hopefully. Jalen Waddell and Puka Nakua, maybe they'll be all right. Um, you know, you can never feel all that great about Josh Jacobs this year. Obviously, I've got a good quarterback decent tight end. I think there's enough there to still maybe get something done. You know, the Packers, Jaden Reed, maybe he'll do something for me down the stretch. But no, I don't feel great. But I don't feel terrible. Supposedly, I have a few different nemeses. I don't know what to make of that because I really only see one in this league for me and that is micro D you know maybe bends to the tiniest degree but you know it's hard to see my friend Michael as a nemesis 
so I can't quite take that one seriously. And then John Robinson is kind of in the gutter, so it's hard to take him very seriously. But Micro D certainly has a team to contend with. And I think that my biggest message for him is I want to know how he really feels about Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Because I got to tell you, I feel pretty good that Zach Charbonnet, if I had a league winner in my team, he would be it. So if a little bit more changes there, which it certainly has been, that could be a, you know, that could be both a boon for my team and I'm not going to say a death knell for uh, Micro D, but it's not going to be great. He's got enough really solid players outside of Kenneth Walker um, that I'll admit he makes me nervous. Uh, he's a, <laughs> you know, he's not my nemesis for nothing and he didn't kick my butt this year for nothing. Um, but it's a, you know, any given week sort of deal, very obviously. So I'm not, I'm certainly not going to say I'm scared to meet him again. And, you know, I'm sort of looking forward to it because that would be, uh, that would be certainly a gift. All right. If I can jump in with my initial thoughts before I forget, because there's a thing in each thing. First, he said, I really needed the distraction this year. And I hope his nameless wife doesn't live, listen to this pod because that's just a low blow. Um, like, what is she going to think? He's like, gosh, I really had to get away from it all. Um, She's in school. She's in school. He's talking about the time when they're not together. Yeah. Well, he needs the distraction. I mean, I'm just obviously kidding. Second thing was he's feeling good about his team. He thinks he's strong at quarterback. So back to the quarterback conversation real quick. Matt actually was someone I targeted with. I traded uh, offering. Targeted with a trade. That sounds very vicious. Yeah. Targeted. We'll explore it on collusion. Loaded, loaded the chamber because uh, to some of what we were discussing earlier, the Eagles, the way they're playing down the line, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts has had his knee tweaked a couple times. Like, do they sit him if they have like the top seed locked up? Um, that was at least my appeal to him. So he thinks he's strong at quarterback, but uh, if they really pull away, and I do think my third quick reflection was. Yeah, people have definitely chosen Matt as a nemesis. I think Brian really stuck because Brian just came out first, second episode of his first year, just guns ablazing, um, and just decided. But he brought the ammo, and and I think it does underscore that you can't just choose a nemesis like, oh, they bother me, therefore I don't like them. Brian like dug trenches for both of them, and and went at it. And the funny thing is. For long-time listeners, even maybe predates the pod, I was pulling up Matt's uh, roster as he was talking, and Seattle Seahawks running backs are a thing. And That's exactly why I was laughing during that part of the clip. I was like, he's a, literally cannot stop can't thinking stop. about uh, I can't believe he had him. And he's right, though. Kenneth Walker might be out, and so it, Charbonnet could be this guy. I mean, he needs to plug him in for Aaron Jones right now. Um, Speaking of, he almost got rid of Charbonnet. He sent me a last-minute trade offer right before the deadline. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it was Charbonnet for Hollywood Brown. That could be – oh, shoot, I would have done that. Uh, Well, in hindsight, knowing what we know. Yeah, exactly. But that could be maybe, a don't know, a league winner. Who knows? But whether it is or not, 
I, I just love how tickled Matt probably is since he's probably torpedoed so many of his own seasons by stockpiling Seattle running backs that he's like, oh, I might I think make one season that. he had four. That's right. It, it feels is. right, even if it's not factually. <laughs> it and was that, at least three. I, I know that there was a season where he had at least three. Maybe four is like the version but of But he was like trading out the third with the fourth running back, like back and forth, yeah. just digging the barrel of, of those guys. I have three quick observations in reaction to Matt's clips, which is our only only recipient with multiple clips. But first one, I just envisioned Matt walking around all day, like firing up his voice memos and just shooting them <laughs> off. Like we got three, but on this day, whenever there was Matt probably at least ten to twenty. Yeah, whenever Matt recorded, he had fifty, and he's just walking around. You know, cooking, cleaning, all of the things, just shooting off voice memos is is the impression I got there. Matt's musings is what I'll call him. Second one is I, I do love the rivalry aspect here. And Big D was going by Little D for a long time. He has recently changed back to Big D. But Matt, with the commitment to repeatedly calling him Micro D in the segment, was chef's kiss. So loved loved that part of it. And I, I think this is one of my favorite rivalries in the league right now. And uh, very excited about the role that the, the pod could play in that. And then last one, we, we talked a lot about the, the love affair with Seattle running backs. Zach Charbonnet got a lot of love here. But if you pull up the schedule... Zach Charbonnet has the San Francisco D two times, the Dallas Cowboys D, and the Eagles D. So that is like a murderer's row of defenses. And, you know, not to rain on anybody's parade, but not exactly the defensive lineups that I would want my league winning running back to to walk into. So I'm, I'm not saying it can't be done. Pacheco had a pretty good game against the Eagles yesterday. The Panthers had solid yards per carry numbers against Cowboys, but could be some tough sledding, even if Kenneth Walker does miss time. That's a great point. Uh, I didn't look at the schedule. Um, Well, it would be even more fitting of a Seattle running back is his downfall. Yeah, it's interesting, too, his Charbonnet comment when, you know, losing Aaron Jones. Um. Yeah, what are, what are the number of Packers that he has on his team right now? Because that's the other love affair, obviously, is the is, deep homerism in him. Is it just Jones and Jaden Reed? Um, that is, and the, I feel like he had the Packers D, but I guess not. No, but he's definitely been cycling through churning all those Green Bay yeah. wide receivers, and often... Yeah, it looks like homerism, but he would try to trade them to me for Ayuk like throughout the whole season. Does having Aaron Rodgers count as homerism at this point? <laughs> I, I think say yes. He, I think yes. He definitely picked up Aaron Rodgers out of Packer loyalty because yes. I mean, he's, he's had him. It. He's had him for like three or four weeks now, just sitting there. He's played a total of three minutes in a Jets uniform. Uh, it still counts. Yeah, Packer. Yeah, the the Jamar Chase comment. Um, he was he was, <clears throat> you know, put Chase up on the block. Uh, Matt Matt is the king of uh, buy high and sell low. Um, 
anyone that that, that that has a bad performance, they're on the block. And yet he still expects to receive high returns for them. Jamar Chase had one big game this year. Yeah. It was huge. It was a 44-point game. Was he on Matt's team at that moment? No, I think he got him like right after, but it sounds right. Wrong. He would have bought high. And then yeah, he's had he's had a few 20-point games, but then he's had eight points, six points, five points, six points, ten points, eleven points. So just mediocre. And then yeah, no. Um, I think we Matt and I chatted about this because we were entertaining a potential trade. Um the loss of Burroughs certainly Ooh. tanks oh yeah his value. Um because I thought about that with Mixon, but I feel like Mixon is a little bit safer yeah. from quarterback play. Um might actually force them to run the ball more, although defenses can stack the box more. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, that's very true. But in general, I think running backs do do slightly better if they're hurt by quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't really want a piece of the Bengals this year, even before all that. And Well, uh, I think, I think, yeah, the, the potential upside is dump offs. Um, so not just like running plays, but uh, yeah. backup quarterbacks tend to, Dump the ball up, yeah. Just get it out. Quick, quick shovels, yeah. Boost the half PPR. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, no. He's got Josh Dobbs, so I guess I. He also has three quarterbacks. He does. He does, which is not surprising because he also has a love affair with rostering many quarterbacks and or drafting many quarterbacks. There was a point where he had four for at least a couple weeks this season, and when this was pointed out to him, he didn't even realize it. He just—he he, he thought he had three. That yeah. was funny. He just accumulates them. He had four. Well, I still stand by my quarterback comments because I don't think, say, like Jalen Hurts needs to get rested or whatever. Dobbs, as much as that is a kind of fairy tale story right now and a lot of fun to watch, that's not who I'd want to put in in like the playoff semifinals. Um, not at all. Well, I have two top eight quarterbacks, so I don't know how you guys both have four quarterbacks on your roster. It just doesn't make sense. And to continue this roasting, next in the standings, we have number five, Big D. Let's listen to his submission. Hopefully there's a lot of Matt roasting in here as well. I am most thankful that we were able to have a draft in person this year. I think that I will end up winning the championship again, as I previously stated. And my message to both McNichol brothers is that they better start learning how to play fantasy football to make our rivalry interesting. Otherwise, I'm going to have to find a new nemesis. Strong. To the point. Boom. Concise. That's what our editor likes because we are... We are not running on time, and I, I blame I blame my guests. I'm going to say it. One of us here is a professional and can keep things concise. The other one's popping edibles and rambling about nonsense, and Zach said he doesn't have to go to bed for four hours, and he's, he's just talking as well. Brian gets to the point. I want to say I think I've been pretty lucid more than other episodes, <laughs> regardless of what gummies – I may or may not have eaten. Um, except for except for the long discussion about NBA uh, 
in-season tournament court designs. Oh my god, it's so vivid. Um, just like a festival of jubilee for my eyes. Um, like Mardi, the Mardi Gras of basketball. Oh, it's brutal, actually. So real quick, did I hear Brian correctly? He said the McNichol brothers better step it up if they want to be worthy of the rivalry because I know that, that is true, which is interesting because they're in fourth and seventh place right now. So yeah. they are in the muddled middle, but they are both very competitive, just not in the weeks that they played Brian. Uh, so for him... It's a little bit more pointed, uh, nemesisery. Um, Indeed, and Brian Brian doesn't do anything halfway. So no, I appreciate if, that. If he does land on a new nemesis, I I see him keeping the intensity that he has brought to the McNichols so far. And he's probably right, righteously and maybe also petulantly resentful that. They both have winning records, and he has, like, the second most points in the league. Um, so he can afford to trash talk at the moment uh, and that sort of thing um, because he knows if, like, he catches them in records. Yeah. He, want, he wants a worthy adversary. And, and we've got another case of homerism here, which oh. is interesting, a <clears throat> homer – calling out another homer. Um, and uh, he's got four Cowboys total on his team. Wow. Which, Which the two most... Number of Giants on your team, Seth? I just have one right now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, had had Wall- I had Waller. And I've played around kind of like with some of the wide receivers on my bench very briefly. But yeah, he, he really has. It's paid off for him. I was thinking of trying to tempt him with Tony Pollard, but Tony finally scored a touchdown. I'm glad I did. He would have, he would have bitten. Yeah. I don't think I wanted any member of his team badly enough anyway. Um, no. That, that really that really speaks speaks loud and clear how you feel about his team. Yeah. Well, see, and actually, the Cowboys. I don't really – I don't really – it might be because I hate the Cowboys, but <laughs> – and yet you drafted Tony Pollard. By accident. That was an accident, yeah. I wanted Chubb well, so that's a, at least I'm getting more points than Chubb too soon. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really respect his team. It's not one I would want. And so uh, I'm not trying Ooh. to create a nemesis. Ooh. I don't respect his team. I love it. I don't. Uh, I, I don't want this team. I, I wouldn't feel good about it, but it's my own weird little biases probably. So my my final notes on this before we get to our next clip slash segment, a.k.a. phone a friend, is Dallas Cowboys D. We had this big bidding war during the draft, and Brian and I, along with Steven, lowest moves of the year, 12, 13, and 14, respectively, um, which is about a third or a fifth of what Matt McNichol has done roster moves wise. Uh, we really bid up the Cowboys defense to about 10, 10 bucks. And that has proved to be matchup winning material in certain weeks, including last week, another 21 points from the Cowboys defense. That was big. The other thing interesting about his four Cowboys homerism 
he dropped Brandon Cooks and then spent 25 bucks to get it back. And that's that's one of my favorite moves as well. When he could have had him for what, like two dollars? Yeah, the I, that? I think the yeah. highest was like four or five, maybe behind that. Yeah, I, I think I bid somewhere in like the five to seven range. That's funny. I've I've bought a couple players that I dropped that I had for free this year, but not that kind of money. All right. Let's go to the next one. In sixth place, we have Who Are the Chefs? And I was intrigued to learn today that we have somebody in the league named Travis. Uh, news to me. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Seven, five, seven. Six, oh, five, oh, 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 no. Zach, edit this out. <laughs> I just hung up. I didn't think about that. Well, you were saying. Thought, yeah, thought, thoughts on thoughts on that clip uh, submitted by <laughs> phone a friend, Seth, trying to call his good pal, Travis. Didn't even ring. You want me to try again? I'll uh, wait to put it on speaker <laughs> so we're not giving out people's, oh, yeah, straight to voicemail. Wow. Uh, Auto reject to Seth Whisplay's number. Yeah, it yeah. rang. So that means he definitely, like, pressed the thing. Are we leaving a message? Travis, this is the Dad Bod Pod calling. We are grateful that you're in the league, we think. And... Uh, I guess we'd be feeling pretty good about your team since you have a winning record. And I don't know that you have a nemesis, but you're all of our nemesis for not participating in the pod. Bye. Is the, that the what best, we're going for? The best we can get to Travis participation is talking to him during the pod. <laughs> Actually, not even talking to him, talking to his voicemail. <laughs> That's right. Which went right to voicemail. <laughs> Love it. Seventh place. We have Rar. How do you guys pronounce this? Do you do, you do the the hand thing? Rar. Wow. Are you asking how we pronounce it and what or what we do with our hands? Yeah, both. How do we pronounce it with our hands? How do you pronounce <laughs> Jesse's team name with your hands? Not to be confused with the team name Jesse McNichol, which is Matt McNichol. And yes, we are looking into collusion between the two of these. I've, I pronounce it RAR. I've, yeah, in my head. I mean, if I had to say it out loud, I try not to pronounce it, but it's definitely like <laughs> like that with the little with hand, with the hand motion. I don't know where that comes from, but we have a clip. We got a clip. Roll the clip. This year, I've been thankful for the entire league. It's been a uh, great time getting to play getting to figure out how to make my team better, how to make trades and deals and see if I can make it to the playoffs. Um, it's just been a great fun experience. Um, I do feel like my team has improved a lot from my rather unimpressive start at the beginning. Um, I've been proud of some of the trades and waiver wire pickups that I've made to strengthen it. Um, but admittedly, I don't feel like I have great odds uh, for going the distance this season. Um, as a special message to my nemesis, John Robinson, I'd say, see you in hell. 
<laughs> Gauntlet all over the place. Happy Thanksgiving, John Robinson. So, uh, I mean what? that that wins the nemesis me- uh, <laughs> message portion of, of the episode. So, Cannot be topped. I guess we have to. I have to walk back. What I said earlier, you can't choose nemesis. I mean, John chose Jesse and kind of everybody. I mean, no. I don't think anyone's like reciprocated and Jesse was just like, fine. Okay. And just like punch them straight. And then Brian is what he said. Yeah. Brian came in with the laser like focus on Matt and John has taken the shotgun approach of going wide with nemeses. The spray and pray. Yeah. And I mean, he got Jesse to answer the call. Whereas Matt said, I'm not going to entertain you while you're down in the gutter. Get out of. 10th place if you want to if you want to talk to me <laughs> yeah that, so buck, that buckshot bounced back right there yeah <clears throat> and and what he said was true his his team has definitely improved a lot from having Khalif right Khalif Raymond who is now actually rostered by yours truly Seth Wispoy no oh that's Khalil Shakur Oh, I get them confused. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's. Uh, we've we've made a lot of mention of his team, but uh, it's pretty startable. Oh, he's got Will Levis. I should have offered him a QB. He's. I will say this. He. Uh, this wasn't necessarily serious collusion, but he's like, would you mind? like half his team is on by the week we play. And obviously he's, he's really wanting the playoffs, but kind of on the outside looking in, he's like, can you bench AJ Brown when we play? Because I think right now he's projected to score like only 60 that week. So he's, he's got a good team, but they're not playing at the wrong time. Yeah. There's some important bye weeks coming up. Yeah. All right, next up, in eighth place, we have Eric's Neat Team. Another redemption story last year. Returner to the league, makes it all the way to the championship, loses to Big D. Um, Great team, Pat Mahomes, CMC, Devontae Adams, has had some bad luck, according to our weekend data guy. I think a lot of his lack of success this season can be directly attributed to lack of pod participation, including not sending in a clip. So we are going to have our intern call him as well. Seth. Yeah. Let's see if we can uh, get sent straight to voicemail again. Straight to voicemail. Does one of you want to say something to him? I'm going to let Zach handle this. I feel like I'm borderline naggy in the group me. Y'all, it's 11.30 East Coast time. I didn't think about that. Wow. He's got kids, man. What are you doing? I've got kids. Fair point. <laughs> so that's really weird. All I was getting, he must have like some sort of blocking mechanism. I don't know. It just goes, hi, you've reached Eric. Please leave a message. I'll call you back. Hi. It would never go to voicemail. So <laughs> That I, could have been Eric on the pod. I didn't think about the fact that it's 11.30 there right now, and he's got like kids and stuff too but then again he might also be in like montenegro so who's to say we could have had eric on the pod right then and there all right well so close well you know like i said we'll we'll see if we can get him um 
going to continue brainstorming ways to to get the bar lower. Yeah, I'm not calling another East Coaster, though. <laughs> All right, Sean, we won't call you tonight. That's that's us realizing well, that time zones exist. Or Steven. I don't trust these guys not to have like muted their phones at night. I don't know. So, but we have the recording. We've got we've got next one in ninth place. We have Dwight's religious experience, a callback to two episodes ago, and far downers. Here is John Robinson. This year, I am thankful for the Dad Bod League because of the laughs. Um, there's been days, especially recently, you know, where you flip open the group me and it's just nothing but laughs and it brightens your day. Um, my team is looking like we're going to close out strong, tough matchup next week against Big D, but I think we can handle it. And then we're going to head into the playoffs with a lot of verve, a lot of spice. And for my nemeses, all 27 of you, um, I hope for this holiday season, you can have the veil uh, lifted from your eyes and finally see uh, the true greatness um, of the religious experience. <laughs> That's good. That is that is some beautiful juxtaposition there. Uh, the veil lifted from your eyes to have the religious experience versus see you in hell. <laughs> 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 this this is what the sport needs. Yeah. This is like looking at the one guy on your right and left and like, surely today you will be with me in paradise. And the other guy's like, see you in and then Jesus, the other guy's like, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> uh for three days, then I'm out. <laughs> um way to take one for the team, Jesus. Hashtag Travis Kelsey. Um, incredible tweets, man. Uh, so who do we just listen to John? Yeah, he's coming on strong. I didn't realize he was playing Brian this week. That's tough because I don't think John has the points, but I think I, I did my pseudo math today and I think John can still probably get in if he wins too, but he's going to need some help. Um, I want to say too, I think I said this in my own reflection, but John has also been very good for some laughs. So it's mutual and uh, lots of gratitude for the new guys. It all, um, I mean, has high regard for his team. He also, is he aware <laughs> that there's more than one game left and that he's in ninth place? Because it, <clears throat> the way that he said that, he was going to beat Big D and then be in the playoffs. He did. So, That's funny. He did predict he was going to make it to the playoffs like very assuredly. I mean, sequentially, those things do need to happen. There's just more. There's many more steps in, in between the there. Yeah. yeah. But. You pay attention to, to, to the interns, deep analysis of playoff. Yeah. He's probability not, he's not guaranteed even if he wins out necessarily. Like, so he's got some tough ones. Zach, real quick though, you, you, you had a slight inflection in your voice when you said like, He's really proud of his team. What was that? Do you share that assessment? <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at his record of five and six and his point total of, you know, 1,117 mm. uh, and sitting in ninth place, very far off from being in the playoffs. So, um, I mean, he's got some, he's got some good players, but, and we'll see if the Gus the bus trade 
works out for him and boosts his team. But um, yeah, he's got some strong pieces, but as a whole, I think it's it, it can be pretty pretty weak. Uh, he's got other weak pieces, so I don't know. We'll see. He's got some tough matchups this this week too with um, the Dolphins playing the Jets. Uh, Lions playing the Packers, Eagles playing the Bills. Apparently, the Falcons have a good run defense against Camara. So, um, and yeah, going up against a, an opponent like Big D, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Jamie, where are you at on the nemesis? <laughs> All people. We've we've got a live update from the group me. Yeah, I was responding to that. Um, Eric was awake and is wondering why I called him twice at eleven thirty at night. Oh man, this is the content people tune in for. Um, I think we've always thought John's. John's, I think, made good trades. I'm I'm rooting for him just because of you know some of that uh, league culture he he sprinkles a lot of cinnamon on in his, his first year. Um, plays a strong get GIF game GIF game I never know. Um, yeah, uh, and now uh, you heard it here on this pod first. He is legitimately nemesis with Jesse, who which I think that's a fun uh, rivalry because. They both have legitimate shots at the playoffs, and definitely at least one of them is not going to make it. Well, I love the pairing, too, because we had Eric and Brian come on together, or, you know, Eric come back when Brian came on, and, you know, Brian's bold prediction of a newcomer winning the league, and then both of them facing off in the finals, and now we've got two new newcomers. Um, Them to be nemeses, I think, is just appropriate. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they it's don't. Like a new child vying for attention from there. Yeah, they parents. probably believe what we said about having like, you know, different tiered leagues, like in the, the champion uh, Premier League. Hmm. They're gonna get relegated. I also, I also like that he acknowledges that he has called out everyone as an emissary <laughs> and 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 more. Uh, he's just throwing out public proclamations that everyone, every listener of the pod is now his nemesis. Yeah. Not, not just the people in the league. Right. I mean, 27, there's some nameless, nameless wives that were caught up in that as well. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Do we have a recording from 10th place? We do not. We have reached the end of our recordings. Thank you to everyone who over the past week had both a smartphone and 90 seconds. <laughs> uh, sad that we had five people in the league that did not have one of those two things. I'm not sure which, but uh, that that was fun. Enjoyed it. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have another mailbag segment next year where we we solicit these voice memos for some some live reaction i enjoyed it zach as executive editor who makes executive decisions what what were your thoughts on this one 
Well, we have uh, gone 15% over budget as predicted. Yep. Once again, I, I, I blame my guess. I don't know what, what you guys want from me. Um, I, I loved, I loved the, the new format of uh, getting as many people in through the recordings and asking the same questions. I think we all had cold listens for the first time to all those recordings, except for our own. Um, so, uh, every, you know, we're getting to experience them in the same way that our listeners will get to experience them. Um, yeah. so yeah, fans, a new, a new staple Thanksgiving special for dad bods future. Yeah. I, I know it went long, but I think some of that was our chatter even beforehand and it felt like tight and focused and, you know, to close my own comments out with another Bo Burnham reference, it reminds me of that spoof he does of those like YouTube videos that proliferate now of like someone's first reaction to Larry Bird, Larry Bird highlights or listening to smells like teen spirit for the first time. And he does this amazing like meta navel gazing post, which I is a running joke that we have a pod about fantasy football but what was kind of fun is this brought some focus, like some tight, sharp analysis on the teams. Ironically, there was like less navel gazing. Like, isn't it funny? Where, and Jamie, you don't do this. You are like always bringing real quality content. I am the one who predominantly is like, isn't it funny? We're podcasting about podcasting about <laughs> podcasting. And like, um, but I think sometimes it's because I don't come with like focused thoughts on the football. But like when we have the actual content, like, it's fun to talk about it. How many episodes in are we this season? Uh, I want to say this this is somewhere around episode eight, plus or minus one. Nine. I think this is nine. Wow. Good stuff. I'm um, so we all agree, uh, before we sign off and watch Hard Knocks in season Miami Dolphins, that the matchup of the week is... Uh, Travis versus Jesse, or is it Brian versus John? It it's Jesse, and then you're saying the person he's playing this week is named Travis. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that correct? Uh, on paper, um, and the reason this is matchup is they both are six and five, and Travis is in six, which is the final kind of top tier playoff spot, and uh, Jesse is in seventh. And there's another six and five above that with a lot more points. And then there's John at five and six right below them. So it's not just their matchup and placement. It's that other things could really squeeze. We could technically see like four, six and six teams, I think. But And yet you don't want to admit that I've clinched a playoff spot with my nine, nine and two record. I didn't see the asterisk in the Yahoo page. <laughs> I, when they say you've clinched, I believe it. But from my analysis, technically, if you lose out, you could lose out. And some other guys land at nine and five in that bottom tier. There could be a lot of nine and five teams, I guess. I don't know, but that's so weird. I don't, I don't think it's possible. (laughs) I do know. This is why you check your interns work. With Yahoo's data scientists. I, yeah, I think Jamie, though, I mean, I, the episode's getting long, but I, I think Yahoo's right. You have not clinched yet. 
Oh no. Seth said the magic words, which means we have to talk another 20 minutes. <laughs> we don't. No! You know, you only have to win one more game and it doesn't matter. Where right, literally just cut, cut the edit and it's just done. <laughs> like the Sopranos finale. Done. Yeah. He died, right? That's, oh, that's, that's oh, what we... I'm on, I'm on team Tony lives. Hmm. All right, Zach, cut this out. We can't have <laughs> Sopranos spoilers on the pod. That's just, <laughs> we can't go there. Yeah, we got to throw explicit on it now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was fun. Uh, I think we have to call it before Seth starts talking about football fields again and basketball courts. We spent way too much time on playing surfaces today. I apologize to our executive editor, for going long yet again but hopefully this will sustain some of our loyal listeners uh during their thanksgiving travel and for everyone still listening at this point in the episode you can go fall in a well fall in a well fall in a well <laughs> <laughs>